Hello, I'm Louise. And I'm So. And welcome to Social Innovation Eurovision, a series of conversations with leading thinkers and doers, exploring visions for social innovation across Europe. We're from SIX, a global organization that believes collective power can change societies for the better. In this episode, we speak with Amalia Zepu, who worked in the municipality of Athens from 2013 to 2019 as the Vice Mayor for Civil Society and Social Innovation. With Amalia, we delve into the spirit of social innovation in Greece. Welcome to this podcast, Amalia. Could you introduce yourself? Hello. Um, Yes, Um, my name is Amalia Zepu. I am Greek. I'm based in Athens. I was at the municipality of Athens for six years as vice mayor of civil society. I started um, 15 years ago during the Greek crisis trying to fix public space in the center of Athens and observed hundreds of small-scale initiatives of people in Greece that were trying to fix things around them. This became a platform of initiatives that uh, was... um, moderated by the municipality of Athens. So this is what I have done and this is who I am. Since then, I'm trying to develop this social innovation sector in in my country. The project of setting up a competence center of social innovation in Greece is what I'm now involved in. And it's a very ambitious and challenging project because social innovation is not known as such in Greece as it is not in other countries either. Even though there's an abundant population of people that take initiatives in the public space in ways that are very imaginative and very collaborative. So one could call them social innovations, but they're not consciously named that way so that maybe the state, the ministry, or even cities, municipalities could invest in that and uh, build systems out of, of, of that, let's say, natural social reflex that one sees in countries like Greece that are slightly poorer than the average European country. So, Amalia, what I know what you've been involved in, but you know what what drives you personally? What is it? You, you've touched on this already, but about Greek society that that you think has so much kind of potential for this work. People in Greece are incredibly good at solving problems, and th- this natural social reflex, as I named it previously which is about fixing things when you have nothing, is something that, um, let's say, as a society, we have not invested in. This natural, let's say, side of us being natural social innovators, now that it is something that is supported, actively supported by the European Commission, it is something that people are turning to. What keeps me awake is, is this sense that we're going to miss this opportunity, being those natural social innovators that everyone is talking about, without the people themselves saying, yes, it's me, it's me you're talking about, here I am. So I think this is super interesting, isn't it, that kind of um, innate potential of just people to, whether it's whether they recognise the word social innovation or not, um, the fact that the people are just getting up and solving the challenges that they have in their community and What's even better is that now there is support for them to do that, but it feels like this, there's that link between what people, how people recognize to get that support. They, they need to understand that language. And do you, do you exactly. I, I mean, I see you as a kind of interlink between those two, but do, how do you see your work and particularly of 
Collectivo and your your new platform is is that where you see that positioning and linking that people doing exactly support for it exactly yes uh, I I try to become a sort of an intermediary between different uh, those different worlds the world of those that do things without knowing how important it is and how valuable it is that they're doing it and those that um, have money or ideas and do not see it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of a, of a translator, an intermediary, a cultural mm-hmm. intermediary, I think. Cultural intermediary. Be... <laughs> and I think that that role just is not well uh, developed, supported, uh, the kind of um, expertise and um, uh, abilities that are needed to do that role, I don't think are well understood enough. Um, because you're having to be able to, as you say, be a translator between these two different sectors. So I think it's it's a super exactly. interesting role. Yes, and you know, you see, for example, people policies that are now encouraged to be in in different social uh, social uh, sectors. For example, you know, old age or you know, homelessness or even picking the garbage. Okay, now in those policies or ways of solving the problems behind them there is a question is is my way of doing it uh, does it have social impact okay that's the question we like to ask ourselves now what people don't realize and this is where social innovation comes in is that it's not enough to try to find the social impact you have to design the solution from the first its first steps with the people that are recipients of that policy and recipients of that, uh, to internalize instrumentally the solution from the first stage to the last is where social innovation makes a difference rather than just, you know, asking the question, where is the social impact? Or am I enough socially minded, you know, to solve the problem to the people? It's not enough, you see, that question. I mean, I, I'm constantly, you know, observing this in uh, political discussions or discussions about all in different sectors of our society at the moment and on television. In fact, people are trying to find the solutions, but they don't realize that those solutions have to be have the, their own mechanics <laughs> if you want to increase social impact. It's not just about being aware of the social outcome of your solutions you emphasize the process innovation that has been as important as the outcome um could you tell us an example of how you're seeing an example in greek society this process innovation i will um use an example a very old example i was we've been talking about previously which is a water sharing system on a in a greek island okay the Greek islands are semi-arid places with very little water since ever. So um, collecting water and preserving water and using it very carefully is really embedded in the society and the, the tradition. You can see it in, its, in their architecture, the way stone walls are built all around the island to keep earth and water, etc. Um, <clears throat> water sharing system on this particular island had five very important principles one is that 
the collected water was always in open air systems so everybody could see how much water each person took from the water sources the, the very few and scarce water sources of that particular area so total transparency the the people um, that were sustaining the infrastructure of that system meaning the water alleys that bring the water from the source to the system are the users of the water themselves and the users of the land the irrigated land so it's not an external the the people moderating the system are not external to the system like a government for example which regulates a system without being um, itself part of it or it could have been for example or the water the water sharing system could belong to one owner and being privatized that's not either the case you have a system that is completely managed from its users so you have a, an incredibly interesting example of water irrigation governing of the commons the people sustaining it are users themselves there is a flexibility in the regulations which uh, and why it's a social innovation because it involves users one of the things i find really interesting about the example that you give of that water system which in some ways you know is very specific to greece or to that particular island and the particular geography and topography and everything uh, weather etc that's on that island is that actually the the when you describe it and when we talked about it before you use the words that any of the community I imagine would use around it but actually what we know from that is all of those kind of very topical words and social innovation which is around fair and just systems it's about um there's a lot of talk about um, looking back to indigenous practices and and old and traditional techniques that might be useful now that we've all learned through COVID, like all of those things, the commons, participation, these are all kind of very trendy words that I, I find quite a lot we see in big social innovation talks, etc. And you just have this very clear example on a Greek island of how a community people have always managed their water and continue to do so today. And I think for me, that's like, that's actually the role of your, your role as a translator, that, that you can put some, uh, some concrete practical examples next to all of these big words that we talk about, but also for the people who are doing that work, give them a sense that actually what they're doing is something that there's a kind of crew of people doing social innovation all the time and talking about, these things and using post-it notes that actually are basically referring to that example as well. And I think that's an interesting point about your, your translator role. Exactly. And it's, uh, it's very challenging to, to translate to the counterparts the importance of each side. For example, when I was talking with the people on the island about how important this tradition is and what an important example it is. You know, they, would, they were looking at me as if I was, I don't know, they couldn't understand how universal and, and what a lesson it is for others. It's really quite amazing how natural uh, it can be for people to share things in, I mean, sharing in a fair way is not something they need to discuss you know what i mean 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know, and if, for example, I was asking, and if someone cheats, you know, what, what's the punishment? And they, they'd say, why would they cheat? <laughs> because it's all so embedded yeah. that it's not, you know, there's nothing. I mean, if you cheat you're, and you come, you get out of the system, then you're not part of that society, that community. Mm -hmm. If you're not part of that community, you don't have access anymore to food, to water, to doctors, mm. to houses. You know, it's suicidal, you know. So why yeah. would one cheat? <laughs> <laughs> you know wh exactly. why would one want to die you know that that was yeah you know it resonated like that to him that the point of uh participation it's not bringing you know we don't include people in these things we don't talk about being including and doing participatory as a um as a side note or as something that's nice to do it it's because it's good for you <laughs> it's it, it, you exactly benefit. exactly this this direct link to, to understanding why it's good, not for ideological reasons, not because of all these words you just mentioned, which is a list in our notebooks, but because it's so well embedded in the, the entire community and society in which you live, that it comes out naturally to be collaborative, to share. Even if you're a bad person, you know what I mean? You don't have to, just part of the structure, it's very deep in the structure yeah you kind um, of completely exist in relation to others and you you're completely interdependent these days i mean in the contemporary society like every ownership is so kind of around public or private and there's no in between where it's kind of interdependence and based on community um, but it's very kind of public or private and you have to decide and kind mm -hmm. of spaces in between are really interesting um, exactly and this space in between is something that you see in Greece but you always see it closed I mean that, that's what I meant earlier when I said um, we have not as a society and as policy makers built on that such a valuable thing that we have in in our social system and that's and I hope social innovation might be able to do that or to show how it can be done. So, Amalia, could you say your country, what Greece brings to the European vision of social innovation? Well, I think it brings this diversity of fragmented examples, this natural directness to doing things collaboratively with um, a lot of imagination out of necessity, of course. You know, when people are not rich, they have to think of, very clever ways to solve the problems with nothing and that always triggers imagination. I think that is quite common in the southern European countries and Mediterranean countries. That is what we, I think, bring to the community of social innovation in Europe. We are good at collaborating, but we're not good at creating, let's say, institutionalizing. Uh, these uh, these practices that is what we expect to learn from others from Europe I wonder Amalia maybe you could say a little bit just one thing that we love that you talk about which is the point actually that's on the slide it's the spirit of social innovation that we see there the those kind of methods the philosophies the principles the approaches the values the practices and I wonder whether you know when you're thinking about the future 
and what kind of future society you want to live in in Greece, but but also connected to a bigger Europe. How do you see this kind of your the spirit of social innovation that you talk about kind of growing, developing? What's your kind of vision for the way you want your your Europe to be, your world to be? And how and, and how do how do we get there? What are you working on that you think is important in or the questions that you're asking to to drive that kind of thinking? What is the spirit of social innovation? It's this it's a combination of of compassion of uh, listening knowing how to listen to other people knowing how to to work with very different people also it's really it's really common sense it's applying common sense when you want the world to work <laughs> maybe that's what it's about that, that's all the way we do between us how do we how do you create relationships to go further in life you know you you try to understand who's in front of you and what they need and how you can do together something better than alone. And last question, Amalia. So could you tell us a book or a podcast or video or movie or anything that's kind of changed your thinking um, and why? When I read that question, I thought of two people, in fact. Uh, two people that are, I during the years I was at the municipality of Athens. So, really so not inspiring. me and so. Not you and so, but it could be you <laughs> and so. Um, the one is, is Bob Palmer, uh, a person that um, uh, he, he calls himself a city expert in culture. Uh, and the other one is a Rick Young, uh, a Canadian social innovation pioneer before social innovation, even before social innovation was talked about in Canada. So that's you know, a guy that, that, is, <laughs> that has worked for years with the Maasai people in, uh, in uh, Southern um, Africa. Um, both of these people have, have inspired me really deeply because they do what we just did in this podcast. They, they constantly refer to social innovation without saying those words, you know? This is, they understand the world that way without, without even using, you know, they don't have to define social innovation to tell you what it's about. And it's because of a genuine understanding and, and love of, of people, of, societies of difference of you know of wanting to coexist with people you don't know well Amalia thank you for your time for sharing with us thank you very much wow that was a really interesting conversation with Amalia Louise what was your favorite bits and yeah what did you learn from the podcast recording oh I just love talking to Amalia and the way that she grounds her stories um, and her perspectives in, in real life things that are happening for her. And it was so interesting for me to to hear about um, her talking about Greece and what's specific about Greece and that kind of natural ability for social innovation that she, that, that she thinks they have, the kind of spirit in a way that's there and how much it actually just comes, the actions come out of necessity. You know, when she talked about um, 
you know, when people are not rich, they have to just think of very clever ways to solve problems with nothing. Um, and that triggers imagination um, and helps people do things in a really different way. And I love how she she talked about that and gave the example of that, the, the water system on the island and the kind of systemic approach that is really interconnected and how people are just doing what they need to get the water they need um, and that, that kind of innovation in there. But also that really linked to the commons, which you were, yeah. you were asking about. Yeah, I was really inspired that by that example as well um, around kind of the principles of commons that she talked about, kind of how it's important to have that transparency, but also all the users of the system are not external. Right. Um, and they're within the system and also the flexibility that um, the system has. Um, yeah, and I would love to kind of learn more about Amalia's kind of research into into this kind of water mm. system in Greek island. Um, and I was really, really kind of impressed by Amalia's role as a cultural translator, um, not only linking the kind of the different actors in the system, but her unique role in making people see and understand the real value, the things that are invisible to other people. Um, so the Greek islanders um, who didn't really recognize the value of the commons, her role is to make the islanders see the value that they have in, in this kind of system that they created, but also kind of make sure other people um, in the external world understand what they're doing in, in that island. Mm. So yeah. Kind of like our role at six, right? Yeah. Is, what we have to do is to help people see the A little value. personal promo. <laughs> A little promo. Uh, but I think it's one of, you know, we talked about this actually, didn't we? It's one of those yeah. roles that people don't think about and yeah. understand when they're doing this, this yeah. work. And yeah, she, she named that perfectly yeah. um, in that, that example that she gave. What's coming up next week, so? Um, so we have Stefan Vanson from the 27th region. I can never pronounce this in, in French. French. <laughs> That's okay. He will do in the episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk to um, Stefan um, and he calls um, his organization a laboratory of public transformation. So, yeah, really Listen. looking forward to it.